0: Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: The Mac Studio and Studio Display are wholly new products in Apple's lineup. But are they worth it? And who exactly should buy them? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to share his thoughts is Cena PC guru Dan Ackerman, who has spent the last few days with both devices. So, Dan, welcome. Good to be here. Overall, what did you think? It's interesting because it's so
0: rare that Apple introduces an entire new product line. You know, there's the MacBook Air and the Pro and the Mac Mini. Now it's the Studio, which is something they have not had before. And I said to myself, when was the last time Apple did this, a whole new product line? I realized it was actually the AirTag, which is also brand new. So it wasn't that long ago. But the computer terms, you know, it doesn't happen that often. And it's a weird in-between model. Because frankly, what people have really been waiting for, nobody was really asking for this. People were asking for a new Mac Pro, the desktop, the full desktop. So they don't have that yet. They have this sort of halfway in between
1: step. Yeah, and it literally feels like that because it's like double the height of a Mac Mini. And it's sort of like kind of gets you closer to what the Mac Pro looks like. So it's, yeah, like even like visually, it it, it sort of, it looks like a bulked up Mac Mini on steroids. But I guess the, the biggest question for this, um, well, let's actually, let's get right into it, is, is the price. Like, How much does this thing cost, and how much does the studio display accessory cost? Well, there's two versions of the studio,
0: which, you're right, is like a bulked-up Mac Mini. It's a little more than two Mac Minis tall, although half of it basically is fans and cooling because it's got a very powerful processor in there, uh, lots of GPU cores. So the basic version uh, starts at $2,000, and for that you get an M1 Max chip. That's the same chip I tested in the 16-inch MacBook Pro late last year. And at the time, that was just the end-all, be-all, super top-end Mac chip. Now, for $4,000, twice as much, you can now get the M1 Ultra chip, which is a brand new chip in the same uh, Mac Studio box. Now, it's twice as much, and that's because, frankly, it's two M1 Max chips just kind of stapled together. It's not even a a unique new product. It's literally two of the Maxes. Um, so last year, when I did the uh, MacBook Pro review, that M1 Max in the, in the MacBook was frankly really great. Um, it was about as, as high end as, as anyone I knew who worked in video or VFX uh, could have wanted if you paired it with the maximum available RAM and some of the big storage options. Now it's sort of like the mid tier choice because there's an even fancier one now. So I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see. If they'll bring this ultra chip to other devices, although I can't imagine what else it would fit in besides a Mac Pro, or if they bring other chips to the studio, like let's say the M1 Pro, which is the other in-between Mac chip uh, that frankly offers a lot of bang for the buck and might be the best cost benefit analysis one. The studio studio display is 1500 bucks, which sounds like a lot, but for a professional monitor, that's not a lot. But it's also not exactly a professional monitor in terms of having all the bells and whistles you might want. It's it's a high end, halfway prosumer, halfway professional model. Doesn't quite get there. Uh, you know, fifteen hundred. It's not outrageous, but it ain't a bargain.
1: Okay. Well, we get, we'll get into the studio display in a bit. But just I guess the the bottom line question when you and you look at that price tag, conceivably as low as thirty five hundred to 6500 dollars. Like how? Uh, Who's who's this actually for? I mean, I'm assuming, like me, if I'm browsing the internet, I'm you know I'm writing and maybe playing some games. This probably isn't for me, right?
0: Definitely not. And I said to myself, I said, you know, the two thousand dollar version feels not quite ambitious enough for like a video editing, desktop, three D modeling thing. Um, The four thousand dollar version feels like it's really expensive, but you're not getting what somebody who's buying something at that basically four 000, five 000 to ten thousand dollar range wants, which is the Upgradeability upgradability and the flexibility of having a full desktop tower, which is what the Mac Pro is, where you can take out last year's graphics card, put in this year's graphics card, upgrade your storage. The studio is just sealed. Once you make your choices, that's it. And that's what I thought. But then I talked to some other people. I actually talked to our friend Patrick Holland, who uh, has spent many years uh, working as a filmmaker and, and editor. And he said to me, In his filmmaking days this is actually exactly something he would have wanted because he wouldn't have uh, had a big enough career or made enough money to afford a real mac pro and spend ten thousand bucks on something but this could get him into you know 8k video editing a bunch of really high-end stuff for two thousand dollars plus and that to him actually seemed very reasonable i actually ran some uh numbers i configured a macbook pro with the m1 max in the same specs as this mac studio uh, the Mac Studio I reviewed came out to about $3,100 with extra RAM and storage. Uh, a comparable MacBook Pro is like $4,300. So it's actually about eleven dollars $1,200 cheaper to get the studio version of something than the MacBook Pro laptop version of something because you're not paying for um, the extra engineering to make it super small. You're not paying for the display or the keyboard or the touchpad. So there's a way of looking at it where it's actually not that expensive.
1: Okay. All right. Well beyond I mean, i'm assuming this like you said creators uh this is for folks who are doing video production graphics what about gamers
0: you know i would say definitely not gamers mac gaming is one of those great areas i i keep meaning to spend a lot of time diving into to kind of put together a a, a manifesto on 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 the state of mac gaming uh these these machines have a lot of capability now but they're not running AMD or NVIDIA GPUs. So it's it's difficult for them to play a lot of games. They're not running an Intel platform anymore. So it's even more difficult to be a Mac gamer now than it was before. Fortunately, there are workarounds. Uh, There's a lot of great cloud gaming options now. For example, that would work great on a Mac or you can Steam Link from another machine, you know, in your household, that's a Windows machine. The really interesting thing is you can't use Boot Camp anymore on these Apple Silicon Macs where you could dual boot into Windows and then run regular Windows stuff like Steam games and things like that. You can't do that, at least not right now, on the M1 Macs. So that takes away another area that gamers might be interested in. That said, I've played like Baldur's Gate 3 and a bunch of other new games that are the rare ones that have Mac OS and M1 compatibility on uh, you know, M1 Macs, and they generally work well, but it's not built for that.
1: Okay, and you, you know you talked about the Mac Pro earlier. I'm curious how this uh, stands up against the Mac Pro, which I I know is old, and they've already teased a refresh coming. But just curious, when you're when you're trying to put a put into context, how powerful this thing is or isn't. What does it look like against Mac Pro?
0: It's a little apples and oranges because the Mac Pro is still a Intel and AMD AMD based platform, and uses a whole different class of cpus and gpus and even consumer high-end you know gaming windows machines use what they've done is but the interesting thing is and maybe in a way apple's almost shooting themselves in the foot a little bit they said hey you can get the m1 ultra four thousand dollars you can spend up to ten eleven thousand dollars on this thing it's going to be great Oh, but by the way, there's a Mac Pro update coming later. And that hits the pause button, I think, for a lot of people who would otherwise spend a bunch of money on this just because they need the capacity. Uh, I've got a neighbor who works in, uh, who does VFX and works in Houdini, which is a VFX program. And he basically, he just does lighting effects. And even the M1 Max last year was not enough for him. So he would, for example, be right in the sweet spot for the M1 Ultra version of this. But I'm sure him and other people like him are saying, we got to see what the next Mac Pro is. And there's two, there's two, there's two roads this could go down, or one would be probably very good and one would probably be very bad depending on what kind of consumer you are. If they make the new Mac Pro like this, where it's uh, Apple Silicon only, no uh, you know Apple graphics only, not upgradable, uh, you, know, you can't get to any of the parts inside of the steel box, almost like that Mac uh, Pro uh, cylinder version was uh, years ago, you know that's one road to go down the other road is where they are now where it's a machine that has you know PCI Express slots and you can you know swap out parts and basically upgrade it like you would any other desktop I think that's what 99.9% of potential buyers would rather see I don't know how Apple pulls that off sticking with their walled garden Apple silicone we do the CPU GPU yeah. everything yeah. Uh, you know current thinking.
1: That, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen. Uh, Obviously, yeah, they've they've teased it, so maybe we'll hear something at WWDC, maybe. Uh, That's probably my guess on that, yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else about the Mac Studio stand out to you, like uh, any, any standout features or design choices that they've made? There's
0: one thing I like a lot, which is that they took some of the ports and they put them on the front of the system, which seems obvious to me and you. Yes. But for years, computer designers, not just Apple, of all kinds have, have gone for this sort of you know strict minimalism, strict aesthetic minimalism, where they're like, no, no ports on the front, hide them all in the back. But it's hard to do anything. It's hard to plug anything in like that. So they moved a few back to the front and they just have a lot you know, HDMI on here, SD card, you know, Thunderbolt, USB-C. I think there's a USB-A on here. I'm gonna peek around the back and double check. Yeah, they still have USB-A on there. Um, and it's kind of a real reversal from the, from the low point where Apple had some Macs that just had one single USB-C port in them for everything, power, accessories, whatever. Now at least they've realized people want ports uh, I do wish there were some ports on the front or side of this uh, studio display. Also, the ports there, kind of like an iMac, are all on the back, which is frankly kind of a pain sometimes.
1: Well, let's you brought up the studio display. Let's, let's talk about it. It's it's a again another sort of wholly new product. It is to me pricing. You sort of mentioned that you know it is a it is aspiring to be sort of a, a pro level creator level display, but it doesn't quite hit the mark. What, what did you mean by that?
0: So the studio display, it's missing some of the bells and whistles you'd want from a really expensive pro monitor. It doesn't support HDR signals. Uh, It doesn't have a variable refresh rate uh, that even some of the new uh, MacBook Pros have and some of the iPads have. Uh, Those are kind of the big things missing there. And of course, if you're not using it with a new Mac product, it doesn't have any physical buttons on it. You can't control anything on it except through software, through a compatible Mac using a compatible version of Mac OS. So if you got this because it's an awesome display, you want to hook your PC up to it, you're gonna be very, very limited in
1: what you and but it does have a its own processor, right? Which is uh, what is what is that for? like have you have you actually felt like you've used it? That is
0: really interesting because they said, oh, we're going to take this display and we're going to put, I think, an A13 chip in there, which is the same, I think it's about as powerful as an iPhone 11. I think that's, that, that's the comparable chip there. And why would you do that? So you can off-put some of the processing for certain things into the display itself. And the two things it's using it for right now are center stage through the built-in webcam and spatial audio through the speakers. Center stage is until now, only been on iPads. And it, what, what it does is it lets the uh, webcam take a very wide image and then smartly follow the subject around, zooming in, panning, uh, you know, really, really doing it, frankly, fairly well so that if you're in a video call or shooting something, you don't have to worry about popping out of frame. Uh, uh, we did a bunch of experiments with it. It's, it's actually pretty cool. And it, it's interesting that they're having the monitor do it itself so you don't have to worry about you know whether the machine you're plugging in can do it, or can you know do it through a webcam that's not directly part of the MacBook itself, because the MacBooks don't support this yet. I think eventually MacBooks will have center stage ready cameras. They don't now, so this is a good in between step. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what else they find for this processor to do in this display.
1: Got it. And I just lastly, I mean, who who should be looking to buy this, and and when considering buying a Mac Studio, like. Should, do you, is it sort of a default that you should get the studio display as well?
0: I wouldn't say it's a default that you should get the studio display. If you don't have a display and you want a nicely matched pair of devices that you know work well together, that have features that complement each other, you know, it makes sense. And the two of them together, 3500 bucks for a high-end machine and a high-end monitor, that's actually not crazy. Um, if you want to, I mean, listen, over the last two years of COVID pandemic and working from home, uh... I've always done a little creative stuff on the side, but I've certainly done a lot more, shooting a lot of my own videos, sometimes editing it, usually in 4K, not really getting up to 8K, but people are doing that now. And for that, you can't really get away with like an M1 Mac mini. Uh, You really do need to trade up to something. So if you're going to have a studio basically at home or in a podcast studio or video production facility, um, and you don't need the portability of a MacBook Pro, but you want a similar level of power, you can definitely save some money by getting this, Desk-bound version of it, it remains kind of that in-betweener product where you've outgrown the consumer stuff. You're either not ready for a Mac Pro, which is extremely expensive. Uh, I think the wheels for the Mac Pro to put on the bottom were like it was a four or five hundred bucks for the wheels. I think you know, that that's how crazy they get with this stuff. And also, you don't know what they're gonna have. Because the old one,
1: nobody's going to buy that now. The new one is a gigantic question mark. So I think there's an audience in there. Uh, that's, that's a fair and, and candid answer. So we'll go with that. Obviously, it's still new. We just got in the office. So definitely need some time to, to check it out. Dan, thank you for sharing your thoughts on this. You can check out his full review on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger w. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.